Spiritual the Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Spiritual the Podcast. I'm Nikki Renfro Martinez. I'm Haley McElwee. And thanks for tuning into another episode. This week, we have a super special guest with us, Kyoto Aoki, one of my best friends. She's here with us. Kyoto, say hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, we love having guests. Before we, like, really get into the questions, Kyoto, will you just kind of just say a little bit about yourself, like what you do? It can be, like, a few sentences or just one sentence, whatever, whatever you feel. Sure. I am an artist. Uh, I'm a photographer and filmmaker, as well as a taiko, uh, which is Japanese traditional drums um, player in Chicago. And that is my, you know, job and lifestyle now. And I met Nikki a long time ago. We grew up doing gymnastics together Mm -hmm. back in our youth, in our childhood days. (laughs) So, yes, a nice long time ago. Me and Kyoto actually hated each other when we first doing gymnastics together we were not friends and then somehow yeah. we just like became best friends wait why did you hate each other was it just being like competitive little gymnasts or i think we were just like brats and like drama yeah. and like <laughs> it was yeah. weird. And there's other all girls too. there was like, yeah. like, <laughs> like stupid and we're all like friends now it's like not a not a thing <laughs> yeah. that's funny oh, nice and i've gotten to know kyoto a little bit from Nikki's bachelorette party and different yeah. events that Kyoto's been at and yeah. of course everybody loves Kyoto including myself so <laughs> such kind words <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm also I also love dance and I don't consider myself a dancer uh, in any professional sense I do say I'm a mover because I do move and dance by myself and I incorporate like movement in my um, even in my music playing as part of the choreography, but my films too. Nikki's been in my films before. So someday Haley and Nikki will shoot another film after this pandemic. Yes. Yeah, so we can all get back together. And you've been in your own films too, moving. Yeah, I'm in all of my films. My hands and feet are always in them usually. Um, sometimes my, my body, my silhouette mm-hmm. um, is there. And yeah, I think it's because, yeah, I don't identify myself as a dancer and I don't want to insult those who are actually professional <laughs> dancers so i do move and you know this kind of thing in my work yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i love that i i think we're all movers too you know i think yeah. we all could say that we're dancers but i get you know not wanting to yeah. say you are one but sure. we yeah all- in the sense that like all children are dancers all children mm-hmm. are artists mm-hmm. i mean all, all of us do have that energy and potential yeah. Um, and it never left me, I think. I was always fascinated, of course, by the body and everything. So, yeah. Saying that, you're also, you're the project you're working on right now at the, what's the name of the museum? I know you just told us. Oh, it's the International Museum of Surgical Science, where I was the artist in residence for the fall 2020 season. Super cool. And you're using photos of um, x-rays of your own bones, right? Are you still planning? Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I went in with um, some MRIs that I had collected over the years, mostly from gymnastics. One actually, the most recent one uh, was when I just slipped and fell down the stairs on an icy day and hit the back of my neck on the stairs. It's kind of like a movie. It was insane. 
Oh uh, quite humorous. But I went in to make sure I didn't get a concussion because I thought I was really nauseous afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other ones were for my ankle and my back. So I wanted to use the MRI imagery. And probably it will be looped and installed in the museum. But I am making a series of images using x-ray film too, using my hands. So among maybe five or six other pieces I've been working on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all really about the body and trying to connect my interests to, you know, the body and relationship to the body uh, and also, you know, history of physiology and, you know, study of the body. And I th- thought I was going to be a doctor at one point in my life. So, and that didn't happen, obviously. So <laughs> kind of trying to live vicariously through this residency. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I think we would all agree that the body, or at least trying to connect more to the body and being interested in seeing how the body moves is a spiritual thing. Like, I mean, as dancers, as movers, as artists, Mm -hmm. um, it is so ingrained in us that like the body is sometimes separate from the spiritual, but really it is, it is one and the same. It's like how we are able to move about in this world and how we connect from the outside to the inside of our spirituality. So speaking of which, tell us about your spirituality and I guess start with how how you were raised or the religion that you were brought up with from your parents mm-hmm. and then and then tell us how that's like morphed to who you are now or like what you still keep with that what you no longer keep yeah but start from the beginning okay so my parents are from Tokyo but myself and all my siblings were born here in Chicago but I basically grew up you know, in a Japanese household and practicing Japanese traditions. And a lot of Japanese culture is based in Buddhist and Shinto traditions. And when I explain it, I think, to American folks, I often say that I'm Buddhist by culture because the way that I think, yeah, the the religiousness or spiritualness is... uh, define a little bit differently than how like Catholicism is uh, and it's a little bit hard to explain I've found it hard to explain um, growing up as a kid they're like you know explaining that no I don't go to church on Sundays because that's not a thing <laughs> um, but yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm Buddhist and of course in Japanese Buddhism derives right from China which comes from India and all this kind of thing, but based in Shinto religion, which, you know, recognizes the, the spirit um, or the life force in all things animate and inanimate. And I think that that part of my upbringing is very much ingrained in myself. And a lot of Japanese, like, folk stories or children's stories, of course, are, you know, ingrained in that tradition. So I'm going to use Spirited Away as an example because I think Nikki and I went to see this for one of my birthdays in the theater. Um, so, uh, one of the birthday parties, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's an example of, you know, this kind of spirituality or this belief of uh, deities and gods and spirits and, you know, the, the forest that are there. So all of the little, the, the, they are spirits and deities, <laughs> the bobblehead guys yeah. um, in okay. the forest. <laughs> 
Yeah, like the 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 premise of that spirited away. I think that film really is about recognizing um, the spirit world right, of things that we don't see. But there are mul- many many gods in many many places, and they inhabit many many different <laughs> spaces um, in the world. Whether it's in the woods or out in the city, um, whether it's the rock or this tree, and this kind of thing. So, yeah, that was not very concise. <laughs> explanation there but yeah I I think I do believe in a godlike force I think but it's certainly not the kind of god that western Catholicism believes in that there is one almighty god who has already decided our path on earth and it is our duty to fulfill those wishes my understanding of this godlike forces and one instance i do have like this very japanese figure of a god which is this very old man with a long white beard mm-hmm. <laughs> um i'm not sure if that's a mixture of like things i've seen growing up mm-hmm. here in many other cultures but um yeah the idea that there is this force that's there kind of looking out over us but all of the choices that i make in life really are mine Mm-hmm. to make and I am responsible for all of those choices mm-hmm. um and the you know this god is very much hands-off mm-hmm. I think so there's like a big part of free will yeah the- yeah but I think a lot of you know Japanese spirituality is in recognizing the force of nature mm-hmm. um, and respecting these forces of nature and things that we don't understand right as part of the world and so I totally believe in even like the notion of luck I believe in mm-hmm. luck as being some kind of external force or some kind of thing or energy that exists that is out of my control out of our control um, and that we simultaneously coexist in this world space <laughs> um, and you know whether I can see it or feel it physically doesn't matter I think it doesn't mean that it's there or isn't there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But yeah, it's yeah, it's more about, I think, an appreciation of other forces in life. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So cool. I could have listened to you. Like, you were like, this is <laughs> like, keep going. <laughs> I was like, that's not a very uh, good explanation, but it's just hard. I did, funny story that I did growing up, like, I often made deals with god like in what way um and it's not and yeah i also try to resist saying like using even the word god because i think um the connotation is very heavy because we are in the u.s (laughs) and of course the dominant religion um is as such but yeah i i used to make deals with this other entity Um, when I was a kid like if I do this then make you know can you give me or for example like at our gymnastics meets I'm not a good competitor and that's not why I liked going to the gym (laughs) (laughs) I hate competition but I would say you know oh if I do all of my conditioning properly for the week before then as a trade-off you will make sure that I don't mess up on my beam routine these kind of little things (laughs) Which is really silly, even though I also knew that this was entirely up to me. If I don't do my work at the gym, 
then of course the competition is not going to re well reflect right the energy that I did or didn't put in. So yeah, I, when I looking back at it now, I understand I think the appeal of um, humanity to want to search for this other force that you know they can lean on and rely on as a source of inspiration or a support system or whatever it may be. So I understand, I think at heart, um, why it is that humans want to believe in this thing. And it's funny, I'm also like a lot of people describe Japanese culture as close to atheist in that way. But I think that's if you're looking at it from a Western perspective, mm -hmm. right? And that if you, and, you know, we have a polytheistic religion, like many gods, and we have many temples and shrines. And yeah, you have, there are certain gods that are uh, looking out for love or gods of love or gods of like success for school. So during like exam season, students will go to this particular temple or this particular shrine to say hello, right? And to wish for good luck on the, on the exams or there's a god for the health right that looks at the health so if your family member is in need of you know good energy you would go to this particular god mm. um and yeah i don't know where i was going with that but and then that's awesome <laughs> when it comes to the traditions that like even when you talk about the difference when you're growing up and not going to church on Sundays, mm -hmm. which I'm sure if you're in a place where all your kid friends are going to church on Sundays, <laughs> yeah. not that. are there other traditional practices that place that took the place of, of habits like that? Well, Sunday was always our Taiko practice day. <laughs> so instead of going to church, I guess you could say you went to Taiko. Mm -hmm. There's also, you know, in Chicago and also uh, around the U.S., you have second, third, and kind of, you know, fourth beyond generation of Japanese uh, American communities who do go to temple mm -hmm. on a church schedule. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, was because, um, right, originally we didn't have this notion of going to church every Sunday. So to kind of assimilate and yeah retain some kind of cultural agency that's what happened yeah. um, so now they do have uh you know in chicago you have the buddhist temples do have i don't really know what it's called sessions on sundays you know every sunday <laughs> as if it was church um mm -hmm. so there's that but yeah i never went i went to church once with my friend because I was sleeping over and it happened to be Saturday night to Sunday and they gave me I remember a Jesus coloring book uh, which was a coloring book and a cutout book and of course I'm there like in the middle of this session and season so all the kids have gone through like the first you know 10 pages of the cutouts and the coloring books and I'm given a brand new one and I'm like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this I don't know any of these people I know who Jesus is I know who Mary is I don't really yeah. know the significance of the rest of these figures, you know, beyond what you see in uh, during Christmas time. Right. You know? And yeah, like my family celebrates quote unquote Christmas and that we have a tree and we give gifts, but of course we're not uh, religiously invested <laughs> in, in the holiday as a devout kind of follower would be. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite things is going to Japan is when, you, when I always go back, um, I would go to the temple 
you know, when you go visit and that's just part of it or the shrines and the local shrines, you know, and you would, depending on where it was, you uh, give your offering in the form of a coin. Mm -hmm. uh, before you go there, you have the incense set up. So you go, before you even go up the steps, and this is like in the larger ones, but uh, there's an incense station. So you can purchase the incense or it's already there and the smoke from the incense you um, waft over areas um, of your body which are feeling pain it's supposed to help heal mm. physical pain so my grandmother would always be like I need it on my back or I need it on my shoulder <laughs> um, and once mm. you do that then then you go up the steps and of course you present your offering and then you know you clap your hands and do your bow sometimes you have the bell depending right on where you are yeah, but I, I always enjoyed that ritual, I think. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and it's it's just part of the culture of going to these places. Mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. So a lot of your, um, like what you know from or were taught about Buddhism and that religion, did you learn it at a temple here in Chicago or was it mostly like your parents teaching you? Or no, you no, no, no. Home because you didn't have your own temples to go to? No, it's not like you go to temple to learn about the traditions. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that you're not like given a, a Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, you're given a Bible often right here, and then you go to church and you learn yeah, everything like there. Kind of thing. Yeah, like Sunday school. No, it certainly don't have that. I, maybe the Buddhist temples here do. <laughs> um, but more so, it's like, you know, part of yeah the holidays and part of the culture and and you start to and part of like the children's stories where sometimes you do have the figure of buddha appear and i think that you're slowly exposed to kind of those histories and traditions yeah and i think because it's also not so strongly taught in, in your face and i think this is one of the huge differences i always was very um felt like antagonistic towards christianity because i didn't appreciate the proselytizing nature mm -hmm. of Christianity in that it was not accepting one of people who are not part of the religion. Like mm -hmm. if you don't believe it, you're damned. So it's our job to make sure that you will become a believer, right? And so you have people knocking on our doors and sometimes like they would send Japanese Christians to our home thinking that, you know, if they could communicate in our language or in Japanese that we would yeah, you were like, no, bye. See, see, see the light or <laughs> be enlightened. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I forgot the question. Sorry. <laughs> I was going. No, that's okay. We were just asking about if there was like an equivalent of Sunday school, but I think you. Oh yeah. No, I, I personally didn't mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And it's a lot from stories again. And, you know, and it's a lot like folk tales mm -hmm. in any culture really are driven, uh, often have, you know, it's a, about showing uh, morality and moral values and passing that on and mm -hmm. as part of that i think you see kind of the buddhist or shinto values uh, that are kept and passed on and um, adhered to in these stories so you know you always want to help uh, you want don't want to be greedy you always want to help those in need you always want to be kind <laughs> you know this kind of thing um, and as part of that you are interacting with different spirits or different deities here and there so mm -hmm. i think that's more how it's kind of become yeah ingrained or part of that i know so little about buddhism at all but one of my 
great friends as an artist and maybe a mentor, like business partner, is not, she didn't grow up culturally Buddhist, but now she's going through her um, championship where she's trying to become a leader. And, and she talks, she's like a great person to consult as she is just one of the kindest people I've ever met. But one of the things that I really like that she'll talk about is this idea of suffering. So like whenever you're upset with someone, which I don't think that the Christian, at least from my experience, Christianity doesn't have a great way of dealing with frustration with others. But whenever like I have a frustration or, and especially in this like very politically charged time, even with family and stuff, she'll take it back to like remembering that that person, you know, they're behaving that way because they're suffering or they're believing that thing that is hateful because they're inwardly, they're suffering. And then it, ends up you end up having empathy for them when really outside of that that mindset I would have a very hard time not just being angry that's something that I found really interesting and I don't know if you if like how how much a part of your your Buddhism like that is if that like carries through your mind as well but that is something that I really can appreciate about what I've yeah, maybe that's twofold. I'm not entirely sure if that's because of my background or if it's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. But I do see your point in that there is a different approach mm-hmm. to that in terms of if you're looking at it from a Christian lens or a Buddhist lens. Yeah, and a lot of, I think the Buddhist values are about like your relationship to yourself and yeah, understanding um, other people's pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not trying to fix it I think right. in the same way that Catholicism tries to do right um like everything will be fixed if you know you believe in Jesus <laughs> yeah yeah I think so I think a lot of, and I'm understanding it now you know more so now and I think I'll continue to um my relationship between kind of my cultural background and the art that I make and particular kinds of sensibilities that I've developed or have and you know learning to be able to define or define these different approaches, aesthetic values, spiritual values, um, kind of things uh, as a Japanese person, but also as a Japanese American person, a bilingual person, this kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, I, I certainly do think that a lot of how I s- see the world and how I engage with the world are influenced by this Japanese culture, mm. which has right these like buddhist shinto values in them mm-hmm. but on the other hand like recently i'm much more into kind of holistic approaches i think of healing and holistic medicine mm-hmm. uh, but i'm also practical too so like you know i think there's a time and place for both of them mm-hmm. <laughs> for western medicine and eastern medicine and i appreciate both and i understand the values of both but you know i know that like a broken bone is going to need mm-hmm. like surgery or like a torn ligament is going to need surgery that might help uh aid healing a little faster than entirely holistic treatments um yeah i had this one back when blockbuster was a real place i was yeah (laughs) i I was i was in line with my father and i i had a boot on my foot and i forget which time this was but i had a boot on my foot yeah and this heavily tattooed pierced man like pierced on his face tattooed on his face 
white man comes up to me and he's like, I see that you are, you know, injured. Jesus really helps heal. And I, I want to be able to, you know, share his strength and power. And I, I want to um, ask if I can pray for you here in this blockbuster line. <laughs> Wait, what was your response? Um, I said, no, thank you. <laughs> How old were you? I feel like if this I was, was young. Like, yeah, you were in high school. Yeah, I was younger than high school, yeah. Yeah. I think so. But and then I was like, oh my dad's here. Leave <laughs> <Usually> me alone. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those and that's weirdly like not the first time that that's happened. When I'm walking around with like a boot or whatnot, and people will be like, Let me pray for you, and I promise that you are you will heal thanks to, you know, Jesus' power. And you know, I mean, I respect everyone's right to believe in whatever they need to, but I know that praying is not going to fix my broken leg right now. Right. <laughs> you have surgery. Yeah. yeah, I need I need surgery for that. But, you know, on the other hand, I also recognize that you have to spiritually stay strong for your body to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that if you are spiritually down or mentally not there, like that certainly is going to affect your, how your body physically reacts. So, and that's what I'm learning, I think, now, more like that relationship between just the physiological happenings of my body um, mm-hmm. with my more mental, spiritual headspace and how those affect each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like I'm on that path right now where I'm seeing how my mental well-being and my physical and my spiritual all tie together. And if one thing is off in one area it's pretty much guaranteed to, to throw something off in another layer of the being. Um, and I didn't realize that that was a part of Buddhism and Buddhist culture. I guess it's just like me taking that from like my yoga philosophy stuff, which is rooted a lot in Hinduism, but I guess I just don't know a lot about either culture to see like where they come together and how much of this is just like yoga appropriating other things too. And or how much is it like actually blending and crossing over? But yeah, I love that you're saying that you're still like learning about this now and you're still seeing how it's playing and you're still growing in these areas because none of us really are like, you know, spiritual masters in any sense of the word. We're yeah. in the journey of <laughs> experience all of this and figure out how it works for us and put it together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Nikki knows this, but I'm sick all the time. Literally. All- the time. I have, yeah, I have the worst immune system ever. We both were sick that, at the wedding. Both of you were sick at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had pneumonia. <laughs> oh my god! You sick all the time. It's yeah. It's I've just always had a bad immune system, and then I had mono in high school, so that didn't help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just trying. You know, I think a lot of people are like, "Well, have you tried like meditating and you know, mentally being more positive would really help you physically." And I'm like, yeah, to a certain extent, I, I believe that and I understand that. But really, for me, half of it's just the physical makeup of my body, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. regardless of where my headspace is at. And of course, if I'm not feeling well up here, then that affects my body. But it's not something that can be fixed by just shifting my mentality. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, you know, and everybody knows how your body functions. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I've learned. And I think for me, it's also, 
yeah, like figuring out this balance within myself and my body. And I'm not, you know, like a spiritual guru or anything by any means, but I know or am learning, I think, how that works within my own system of the self. Mm-hmm. I even would say like some of the things that happen physically, physically in our bodies or even mentally, I think that, yes, we can be like aligned in all the areas in our body, but yet when we're here having whatever experience we're supposed to have as a human being, those external things or conditions that we're put into are here to teach us something. Or maybe that's like a lesson that our soul has decided we need to learn this time around and has nothing to do with, you know, being super spiritually on or together mentally. Like sometimes, like you said, like that's just the physical makeup of your body, this soul cycle or life cycle or whatever. So yeah, like what is that? What does that show you too? And it's not about always having to have everything together or even having to learn the lessons right away either. It's just, yeah, like this is like you said, how your body is this time. Mm-hmm. How does reincarnation or like karma play into Buddhism or even like your ideas and your own spirituality? But I, I do believe it in reincarnation. Me too. Um, and I think more Buddhist people do than Catholics and that's mm-hmm. of course part of right the belief system but I also heavily believe in karma mm-hmm. and I think that that's was part of my early deals with the god entity mm-hmm. <laughs> and that understanding this relationship of giving something and receiving something but not admitting that you want to receive something mm-hmm. you know because I believe that you're not supposed to want to receive something but you know all the stories tell you if you do good then good will (laughs) come to you and so you know you're already expecting this exchange and yeah I think about it now that's kind of a funny thing that I did but I absolutely believe in both those things I believe that um, the life system kind of continues the cycle of life continues and I don't know that I'm a reincarnation of anybody (laughs) anyone or if I will be reincarnated but yeah I don't don't know I I I do believe that part of that is like respecting I think the outside or other forces beyond you right that it's not a you-centric space is basically I think what it is if that answered the question (laughs) yeah and I asked just because there isn't any space for reincarnation in Christianity, I believe that that's like not what you believe in. And I don't know if I can say I'm like really a Christian because I do believe in a lot of things that you're not really supposed to believe in as a Catholic. And like that same idea of like what you put it out into the world is going to come back to you. Like that's a very, I mean, like you said, Buddhist thing with the karma, but also that's a very Wiccan tradition. Whatever you put out into the world is going to come back to you times three. So if you're like putting bad in the world, it's going to come back to you times three. If you're putting good, it'll come back. It's like that same idea. And I don't think we have something like that really in Catholicism. And I really could be wrong. There might be something along those lines, but um, there's definitely not space for reincarnation. At least at the Catholic school that I teach at, we, you know, we wanted to do this musical about Aida, which we did end up doing, but it was about reincarnation. And they were like, ooh, oh, wow. we're not really supposed to do that or talk about that or say that that's a thing. So, yeah. But that's I super think, interesting. Yeah. I went to school with someone who grew up in a very conservative Catholic school and mm-hmm. she said they didn't study Darwin in yeah. science class because that wasn't allowed. 
yeah that just blew my mind like wow yeah you know that's naive but I was like oh my gosh this is yeah it's definitely a thing in in Catholicism you don't really talk about evolution and I'm not saying that my high school that I teach at I'm quite I mean I don't know what the science department teaches but I'm quite positive that they do teach that it's a very liberal Catholic school Mm -hmm. but um I also feel like now like schools could get in trouble for not teaching like when you think that someone be like hey you kids gotta know (laughs) like (laughs) no I don't I think Catholic private schools could be like that is against our beliefs and if you're sending your child to a Catholic school they need to know that they're going to be taught the Catholic it depends on how strict the school is like I said the school I teach at they do not follow all of those rules they're like yo we we do have to be informed our students have to be able to go in the world and talk about all these things and be like really well educated <laughs> yeah no it is crazy I don't know if schools can I don't actually know but I would not be surprised if there are schools that are yeah not teaching that but you know like those I mean, what I believe is hard facts of you know evolution being a thing yeah versus like a belief in reincarnation which is you know so perhaps harder to prove scientifically <laughs> yeah Although I do have to say this movie or not this movie, this documentary on Netflix, which I'm watching called Surviving Death. There's like, I think six episodes. Each one has a different thing. So there's like a near death experience episode, which is really interesting. There's a reincarnation one where people are starting to document. And there's like a lot of psychologists, which is part of the reasons why I'm in school for psychology. And maybe one day I'll get my PhD and then I can be one of these psychologists that are looking into what happens when we die, like what happens to the spirit, and they're researching and collecting all this data on what people or kids are saying. I mean, I know, Haley, your brother had an experience that's like a reincarnated kind of thing where he remembered past life stuff. Which I hear that when kids are young, a lot of times they they say a lot of like really detailed stories, but I mean, and even in our experience, it was very much like so scary to hear him talk about death as a two-year-old I don't even know if he'd remember if th- this if he's listening to it he would be like what I did what yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone that loves them and you're talking about another family and like mm-hmm. for him he was talking about dr- like a very vivid memory of drowning that mm-hmm. you almost kind of shut you not shut them down per se but you aren't encouraging it out of them because if you're not aware that this is a thing Mm-hmm. or that it could be a thing, or you're afraid of it, then you don't want to know more, because it, like, kind of hurts. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. remember that pretty vividly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I definitely think there are more doctors that are trying to find stories about children saying things like that, and then mm-hmm. backing it up. There's a few books out there um, that I want to read that's recounting that, but it is interesting, and it's, it is super cool, but like you said, if, if parents aren't understanding, or they don't have an idea about death being, you know, just the end of that life before your next, then it can be really traumatizing to hear your child talk about dying and like being with another family and all that stuff too. So yeah, but super interesting. Yeah. I love- and I'm sure like all of it's the relationship to death that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, I think at the root of a lot of, you know, beliefs is like if mm-hmm. death is the end, and that defines your living space if it's not the end then that also defines your living space right at the moment um Mm -hmm. and how you interact with yourself and others and I was just thinking like back to your question of karma being a buddhist belief and it certainly is but I also think it's like 
common sense too. It, it's just that understanding that your actions affect other things in the world. <laughs> like what you do, of course, has its effect, and whether it's immediate or not. I mean, if you think of like, I don't know, like climate change, mm-hmm. you, know, you can think about it in terms of karma. But you know, if you want to be more practical for those people who don't believe in the spiritual um, approach to it, it is it's us polluting the world of course and and the air and depleting natural resources Mm -hmm. is the reason why that we are now having you know repercussions um whether it's like you know more hurricanes or um less snow or you know hotter summers and more wildfires and things like that and that's just like if you look at it practically like that's you know of course what happens and i think that's the basis of this notion of karma is just really like recognizing that what you do affects others so mm-hmm. you should think about that before you actually do something stupid yeah. i love that you say it in that way it's literally just like cause and effect like some you're gonna do this and it's going to impact and affect other people in whichever way that you had like your intentions were for that action so it is really without putting all the fluff in spirituality it is like cause and effect yeah the scary part too of spirituality, I don't, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day that I, I do kind of believe in ghosts and I don't want to because it mm-hmm. terrifies me. I'm deathly scared of bees and ghosts. Bees and ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and um, part of it is because Japanese like horror stories are insanely scary. Yeah, I was going to bring this up because I know that you never liked watching scary movies. Like, you oh would push you. Oh, no, no, no. That hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like people who are afraid of scary movies, and I could be wrong, but from my experience on some level, they, you know, it's scary because some part of them is like, that could maybe be a possibility. But continue. Yeah, and I, th- and I think like Japanese scary films or stories, it's a lot of more psychological uh, trauma. Mm-hmm rather than like American horror stories, it's a lot of gore mm-hmm. I think that's involved I completely um, agree right like and I'm just thinking about like yeah mass media stories and whatnot but yeah it's so scary and part of me is like to acknowledge my spirituality or you know this belief in ghosts acknowledges their existence which is really scary <laughs> I don't know it's like this whole thing but um yeah, my grandmother also is, she says that she's more sensitive to those energies, which is also terrifying, because I'm like, oh no, that blood runs in my veins, what if I have an encounter, I don't think I could handle that. You could, oh my oh god. My go- oh no, I, was, I would shit my pants, it would not. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um, but yeah, she has, you know, salt, mounds of salt. Uh, I don't think a lot of American people do that. I don't think it's part of the culture, but yes, no. <laughs> <Nikki knows. laughs> we were talking about the full moon or the winter solstice, and I was saying leaving bowls of salt around your house helps to cleanse and by the front door and stuff. Yeah, and it keeps the spirits out. And mm-hmm. so my grandmother does that, and yeah, it's also a Japanese thing where um, when you attend a funeral, you as an attendee you receive from the host family uh, packet of salt and you are supposed to throw that over your shoulder as you leave so that the spirits don't follow you home 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, insight. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. But it's yeah, I've I've always been terrified of that and terrified of having an encounter. Because mm-hmm. I do believe in the kind of negative energy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Do I believe in the yeah, in the existence of these negative energies that could potentially be harmful to myself? Probably if I'm scared of it. <laughs> or it's like me being scared of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that's I'm sure half of it too. Because yeah. if there are spirits, there are likely also ones that are there just to protect you and give you good energy. Mm-hmm. But right. But if I believe that, right. that means the yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. We definitely believe in spirits in this podcast. Yes, no, I believe yeah in all the spirits. Um, but like you know, Halloween spirits don't bother me at all. I'm like you all have nothing on these Japanese spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they recently watched a scary movie. It was a Japanese one where this girl sister was in Japan and she went to, there's a forest in Japan. I'm sure Kyoto, you would be able to even know this better. There's like a forest like this, the suicide forest or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she went there and then she didn't come back. So her sister goes to Japan and try to find her. And it's like, like you said, it's a lot more psychological. Like I don't remember there being really that much gore, but it was a terrifying movie. This forest actually exists. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a real um, place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a place where many of those who are suffering mm-hmm. right, uh, decide to end their lives there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a few years back, there was like an American YouTuber who got a lot of flack because he went to the forest um, and videotaped himself uh, with one of the bodies that was there. And oh yeah, like next to someone who had taken their life. Mm-hmm you know, just for the sake of, you know, whatever he was trying to do, but yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, highly disrespectful in all kinds of ways, but yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's scary, Mm -hmm. and yeah, and and, uh, Japan too, like you had, a lot of times when you get rid of objects that belong to others, um, you can bring them to the temple to get them cleansed Mm -hmm. and burned, like, properly. Um, so to speak and we also have like it's called the omamori I don't know what it's in English but you go to the temples and you buy these talisman <laughs> my sister said the talisman <laughs> um, but you can, you can get talismans from the temples that you visit um, you know for health or wealth or whatever it may be um, but you cannot throw these talismans away because it's not good energy. So you are supposed to return it back to the temple you got it from and they will burn it uh, mm-hmm. for you. So I have a collection of these things that my grandmother has sent me over the years because I believe that I cannot throw them away. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's um, bad karma. Mm-hmm. And so someday I'll return them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like talk for like legit three hours and yeah, I know. not be done we can have a special you can have a kyoto special someday i think we have a part two for sure yes agreed yeah before we go off i wanted to ask are there any spiritual practices that you do now that like really help to ground you and that can really look like anything but anything that like helped you to connect to your spirit I think just trying to take care of myself. 
is what it is and make good choices in life that uh, fulfill me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, so making work, making art is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a part of spiritual fulfillment and playing music uh, fulfills me spiritually. And yeah, I don't like meditate per se and I don't have those kind of rituals and it's not like I'm writing you know three thoughts a day this kind of thing but I am actively trying to make sure that all of my choices are good for myself um which a part of the requirement for that for me feeling good about these choices is of course like treating others kindly and respecting others this kind of thing it's all part of it um but yeah also just trying to be a respectable human being (laughs) i think yeah and i think it's more like just how i am living and Mm -hmm. interacting with the world and less so like carving time to meditate or Mm -hmm. you know going on a walk every day like that's yeah it's more like ingrained in my everyday actions and yeah, enjoying is, yeah. like high-end tea for instance <laughs> is that ritual when I feel like it <laughs> yeah I think that's the ultimate spiritual practice like just living a spiritual spiritually fulfilling life yeah and that's more powerful than you know being like all right for the first five minutes of my day I'm gonna sit and meditate and then I'm gonna go live my life <laughs> yeah spiritual or like being kind to people but as long as I'm meditating for five minutes a day like I'm spiritual you know I think that's mm-hmm. powerful yeah checked it off my list mm-hmm. um, it's more powerful to like live your whole life yeah. in as many ways as you can like fulfilling your fulfilling your soul and being yeah, my I'm definitely working on being more compassionate towards others you know because I'm a very judgmental soul <laughs> I'm working on it <laughs> oh i love that so much we have to have a part two this conversation was like amazing i have so many other questions but i don't want it to be three hours long yeah i feel like even more questions will develop too i'm yeah yeah I I wish I was much more articulate, so apologies. I think you're super articulate. Yeah. (laughs) You're ridiculous. I also want to know, like, about your grandmother and her psychic abilities. We talk about that all the time. I want to know about your grandma. Yeah, I mean, she literally, she tells me one time, like, she gives me rocks and stones, like she has been for years, and I, whether I believe them or not, I feel like I follow what she tells me, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to disrespect that energy mm-hmm. right and that story and some some of it I do believe but you know she'll tell me like the the bracelets that she's made with these certain rocks like I can't throw them away I have to bury them in the ground so I've actually done that before mm-hmm. <laughs> when I felt like I you know was no longer wearing them or using them she, she told me like you just rub it say thank you and then you bury it in the ground and then you're good to go so I did that and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, more stories like that. Yeah, all those stories. That's yeah. that I'm gonna be. Yeah. That's yes. me now. I like give people crystals for you know Christmas and stuff. It's uh, important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will say that like quarantine has made me a huge plant lover, and I am embarrassed to admit that. I like I hopped on the plant train. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, but I think that's part of it too. Like 
I never thought that I was a nature person, whatever that means, or plant person. But actually, I was. I have always been. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that like I'd like to live out in nature, like mm-hmm. on a campsite all alone, you know, in the middle but, of nowhere. Sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 but like I've always appreciated, I think, the power of nature and the beauty of nature. And I just didn't realize that I could also appreciate that or feel that with my houseplants. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for part two. Same. Yes. Yeah, so that means too, if like listeners have any questions, should they feel free to send them our way and then we can ask them next time? Yeah. Listeners, if you have questions for Kyoto or for us about any of this, send them to us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then for part two, we'll have more questions from not just us, but you guys. But we're also going to – I have, like, so many ways that we could – like, so many questions are coming up. So I can't wait for part two. So if you have questions, ask us. And we will pass them along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, before we leave, Haley, I know you're drinking wine. When we're recording this, it's in the middle of the day. So I <laughs> – alcohol and drink. <laughs> so Haley's on a bad track. <laughs> no. Haley, tell everyone what you're drinking. It is Angeline uh, Sauvignon Blanc and it's just a Sonoma County wine. That's again that it's like I was at the studio earlier today for like a few hours and then on my way back I stopped in Evan Street Liquors again because I just love that little shop and they have like I've never gotten a wine there that I was like ugh like everything's been great so a little something it's good it has like a green label it's yeah it's good (laughs) yay also have my old-fashioned mixed for next time yes for part two yes Mm. maybe we can even do in person depending on when we do part two we'll see like where because everyone right now we're on zoom so yeah (laughs) which is but yeah, it'd be nice to be in person next time too, if that's possible and safe. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much, Kyoto, for joining us. This is like amazing. I'm always surprisingly shocked when we have guests and I'm just like, oh, this conversation was just so good. So good. Yeah. Oh, always so good, but yeah, I loved it. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to part two. Yes, me too. Yeah. Oh, I hope you guys have an amazing Sunday and I hope the listeners have a great week. We'll see. There's a lot of stuff up in the air, which is like a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You guys, this week was a crazy weekend yeah. in America, but I think we should end this episode on a positive note because there needs to be some sort of positivity <laughs> right now because there isn't really any, yeah. any anywhere else. Yeah. Treat each other nicely and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be a good human being. It is. Yeah. Just be kind. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 How do we turn this off? I don't know. Uh.